Hello, hello. Welcome to the Belly of the Beast podcast. Your host is P Squared. And as usual today, we will be talking to someone very, very, very interesting. And maybe you know him. And maybe you know him. But that is how I'm going to introduce Mr. Charlton Singleton. And I'm putting my hands together. You can hear the crowd in the background. But other than that, you... Mr. Singleton, I am so happy to talk to you because I have done so much research on you. It is ridiculous. I did not know that all of your charm and wit was founded right here in Orangeburg, charm and South wit. Carolina. <laughs> charm yes. and wit. I have, I have family members who would, who would uh, go on the opposite of that, but <laughs> thank you. Well, ah. I'm going by the personality of your music, the jazz that ah, comes from within you, so you, because I was blown away like the wind when you were on top of the rooftop doing the Charleston. I oh, God. thought <laughs> that was the most... Like um, the, the most American thing that I have ever seen in my life that you, a black man on the rooftop in Charleston, <laughs> South Carolina, right down by the, I think it was the, is it, uh, oh, goodness, Marion, Marion Square. Square. Yes, Marion Square. Straight across to Marion Square. And it, uh, yeah. it, was, it was awesome. Please tell me about that day, that experience, how you felt as a black man from Arwendal doing that in your city. Well, um, uh, the idea of just making some noise was presented to me by a good friend of mine who um, he, he basically is the manager of the Charleston Music Hall and um, he always has some uh, really good and cool ideas and uh, this was kind of in the, in the height of the pandemic um, last year maybe uh or earlier in the summer something something it was it was still in the height the city was still kind of locked down for the most part and he got this crazy idea he said hey man bring your horn meet me at the top of the garage over the Mar- over marion square and we're just gonna we're just gonna film you blasting something we're gonna amplify it so the whole you know, whatever, how many blocks that, that, that are, you know, in the vicinity so that they gonna, so they can hear it. We're going to, we're going to have a a sound guy. We're going to crank it up. We're going to videotape it. We're going to blast it. We're going to aim it straight at that, that damn statue that's over there, you know, and we, and that's what we, that's what we got. Come on. Right. And I was like, yeah, let's go. (laughs) Do you think Mr. Calhoun covered his ears that day? Mm. Care less what Mr. Calhoun did, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. And what, yeah. were, what were the reactions that you saw? Did people like run up to the rooftop? Did people like start praising and clapping and giving you your applause not, that day? Not quite. We were we were done with it before anybody could get up there, you know, to tell us to stop or or, or whatever have you. Um, you know, technically, that was something that we were not supposed to be doing, but it was just—it was just really a spur of the moment thing, and um, we got up and managed to do it. And 
um, when it when it did come out there on social media, um, even though we weren't supposed to do that, uh, <laughs> it did come out on social media. And we got a lot of people that responded very well. You know, a lot of them were like, yeah, you know, or thank you. It was good to hear live music. Or it was good to hear, you know, you playing your horn. Or, or Mostly, I'd say 99% of it was really positive about just hearing, you know, something. Because at that point, like I said, everybody was still inside the, the mass or, you know, mandates were, were really in the effect this was this was the heart of it all but at the same time charleston is a very artsy city and um, has a lot of great musicians um has a lot of uh a lot of history with regards to the arts and music and especially jazz and um so it's um it just makes sense for us to do you know, artsy things or musical things like that. I mean, our, our mayor is a very good jazz pianist, you know, so it just makes sense for us to, you know, always be doing something out of the box in art. Well, I thought that was the greatest thing for you to do during the pandemic. I was reading that and I was like, people just needed to hear a noise, like you said, make a noise right. because we're inside, we can't go outside, you can't go here, right. you know, it was just good to hear. <laughs> you know, that horn that day, because when I heard it and I was looking at it on social media, you know, I was, I was wishing maybe I wasn't on King Street that day while you were doing that. And I was like, I would have loved mm -hmm. to be in a part of that. But I have some other questions for you because mm -hmm. being a part of Rinky Tanky, how did that, yes. how did that come to be? I mean, because you're from the area and I know a lot of uh, the, the the members you all went to college together at some point in your musical history so I was just wondering how did you all come together and put those pieces together to incorporate the music that you all play for the world now well um, uh, I'll give you the short story alright so we technically did not all go to college together um, what happened was um when I finished um, my undergrad, when I graduated from South Carolina State University in 1994, and I came back home, um, I met Kevin um, Kevin Hamilton and Quentin Baxter. They are the bassist and the drummer in Ranky Tanky. The three of us started uh, playing, you know, just you know, pop up sort of things in a little like a little coffee shop. We would we would get together and just jam and play, you know, jazz standards and whatnot. Did you used to play, play in the market? Was, hmm? I'm sorry, but did you used to play in the market downtown? Um, in those little coffee shops on the side, because I I know I've seen and heard you in person before. You and I think Quentin, he has the um locks, I think, and I think that I have seen you in person and met you. And when you said that, it just hit me in my memory like, wait, I think I've seen you there. So I was just wondering where the praline shop was in the market. Okay. So now I've played a lot of places in the market area. Uh -huh. um, Quentin and I have never played in the market, the, the, the proper sense of the market. Okay. Um, there, is a, there is a restaurant called... Uh, the Charleston Grill that's in Charleston Place. And that is on the corner of Market Street mm -hmm. 
but it's not in the market market area right. where there's where there are more things. So um, it could have been there. Mm-hmm. Now, um, uh, wait a minute. How long ago would this have been? That would have been about. I'm going to say 16 years ago. Um, 16 yeah, to that 20 years been, ago. That could have been. That okay. That could have been. Um, uh, it could have been the mezz. I think it. Or was. mezzanine. Yes, it I think that's been what mezzanine. it was. Yes, yes, yes. On top of a, on top of a like a, a little oh, restaurant. A restaurant. On the yes, okay. yes. All right. So I'm that would have been. People so, are making a connection. Yes. So, so it's okay. So I'm gonna bring that one back around. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm gonna bring that one back around. So I met Quentin and Kevin first around '94, around '96ish or something like that. Uh, I met Clay through Kevin and Quentin. Now the three of them had been at the College of Charleston together. But remember, I went to South Carolina State and I came back here, and that's when I met the two of them first, and then I met Clay. Um, at that time around 95 there was a there was a show in town called serenade and serenade was sort of like a like going to see uh like a like a a broadway show where you have a a bunch of different singers you got a live band and they do all of these you know great songs songs of today songs of yesterday or whatever have you kiana was just a teenager she was still in high school but she was one of the singers in this show and I met Kiana through Quentin because he was the drummer of this show. All right. Fast forward. Fast forward. Kevin, Quentin, and myself and, and Clay had a little quartet called the Gradual League. We played every Tuesday night above a restaurant downtown Charleston in this spot called Mezzanine. Every Tuesday night from like 10 o'clock to like 2 a.m., mm-hmm. that's where you could find us. And it was jam-packed. It was really cool yes. that on a Tuesday night you could find, you know, a place packed with with that young college kids. Yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yes, All yes. right? So that's like 1999, 2000, 2001, somewhere around that. Right. Clay um, moves to New York City. He moves to Brooklyn. Quentin starts going out on the road with all of these major jazz artists. Um, I went into teaching. I started teaching public school. Kevin was still playing around town. Kiana um, ended up um, being on American Idol and touring all over the world with folks like Ruben Studdard and Clay Aiken and Kelly Clarkson and being on tours with Maroon 5 and you know, all of these, Miranda Lambert, and doing all these recordings with people, you know, Stephen Foster, just David, uh, uh, David Foster, is that the, she's, she's just all over, right? Mm-hmm. Fast forward, fast forward to about 2015, Clay, and we all, we all kind of keep in touch together, and occasionally, the the four guys would get together, and we might play something if Clay comes to town, and Quentin's in town, and then I'm sitting in on some of Kiana's 
uh, party band gigs and stuff like that, or me and Kevin will do some things or whatever. So we're kind of hodgepodging it together, you know, various groups and things. But then, but then Clay one day called us and said, I have this idea. He said, I've been traveling all over the world, kind of in the world music scene, and I've heard and seen all of these groups and artists and whatever. They're doing the music of their region or their hometown or their home country or whatever have you. And there's nobody out there that's representing Gullah, which is where we're from. Why not us? Why not Why not we try a little project? And so that was when the five of us, you know, sort of said, okay, let's give it a shot. Um, and we kind of had some small goals at the beginning, you know, mainly it was just the five of us wanted to play together. Um, um, but um, we had a few uh, lucky showcases, well, just really good showcases and some people took notice of us. And then we got on national public radio and we were on this program that uh, an estimated 7 million people heard and they all bought our first recording and it shot up to the top of the billboard and at amazon and itunes jazz charts and then we started you know playing some of these other bigger festivals and then we released another album and it immediately went to the top of the charts and then it got nominated for grammy all of this is happening like warp speed and um Number that's kind of the short story jazz charts that is yeah. and also nominated and won Mm -hmm. a Grammy for the best regional roots music album in January 2020. So yes, correct, correct. all of this has been happening because it's only 2021 people. So therefore right. they're moving in warp speed at the same time. But all of that is so interesting how you, like you said at HodgePodge, you came together like a potluck and, and, and you created something that is award winning for the whole wide world to put their ideas and in, in their beliefs and their opinions in because they love you. I've been looking at you for about two weeks. I mean, I've been listening to you for a while, but I've been looking like looking at Ranky Tanky as a whole for a minute for this past two weeks. And I just noticed how you all come together, just like you said, like a hodgepodge, like a melting pot. Your music all comes together and you get gullah. You get the heart and soul of the South. And I just huh? love that. And can you tell me, how, why did you name the group Ranky Tanky? I feel like I need to say Ranky Tanky because, you know, in the dialect of which it would come from. But could you tell me exactly what Ranky Tanky means? And how would you really so, say it from the area? Okay. All right. So Ranky Tanky loosely translates to work it or get funky with. That's, a, that's the loose translation of what to Ranky Tanky is. It's also a kid's game, and it'll, and what I just said about working it'll get funky, that'll, that'll make sense once you understand the, the kid's game. So um, I'm assuming that you have played like a version of Patty Cake or something, right? Yes. Okay, so there's a game that's, that, that you, you know, clap your hands and you hit your uh, your partner's hands, you know, on beats two and four, and it's a it's a game called Ranky Tanky, and the words go: Old lady come from Booster, had two hens and a rooster. The rooster died. The old lady cried. 
Now she don't eat eggs like she used to. Pain in my hands, ranky tanky. And so when they say that, they shake their hands. Like like if you were like if you had a like if your hands were numb and you shook them to like wake them up or something like that. Gotcha. Pain in my pain in my hands, ranky tanky, shake it. Pain in my feet, ranky tanky. Pain in my legs, shake your legs, ranky tanky. Pain all over me, you jump around, ranky tanky. And so think about like little kids playing this game, like you know, kindergartners or first graders or second graders or, or whatever, up to you know what kids do on the playground. We thought it was very catchy, so we decided that we would name the band, you know, after that, um, just because like it, it, it just sounded really, you know, interesting. It was exciting. It was cool. It was catchy, and actually, it worked in our favor because the name of the band is actually what caught the eye of that radio show producer and they picked up our cd when they saw the name was like this looks interesting what's a ranky tanky and they researched it you know they googled it and they saw our story and they were like this is really interesting let's see if we can get them on the show so it worked in our favor like that but yeah it all comes from gullah it's it's a it's a kids game and you work it and get funky with it I, 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 I love it. it you can feel the music when you play it you know it's just like i was listening to uh one of the uh excuse me the pieces that you did on the anniversary the 50th anniversary of the orangeburg massacre and it's crossroads mm. oh. and that uh, when I listen to it and then I'm watching you play it, it brings tears to my eyes because I love jazz music so much that it hits me in a place where I just, it just I just lose my whole soul into it. And then I backed it up with the group with uh, Ranky Tanky's Freedom. And I thought to myself, wow, these really go together because you look at the crossroads of where we were then doing that massacre. And then where we are today in 2020 with freedom and, you know, you think you're woke, you know, oh, America, you, you, you know, do you think you know, but you don't know, we're not free. All of that, that just comes so clear and together, crossroads mm -hmm. in freedom. And I was wondering, do you see, did you see that, you know, how you started that when you did crossroads and then where you are today? You know how those come together, like you like a Marvin Gaye, like da Martha Martha. <laughs> da, 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 da. You know, you, you, uh, you have that kind of wisdom in front of you, and I was just wondering, did you do that purposely, or you know, did you know it even came together as such? I mean, those those two uh, songs really, um, you know, Freedom and and, and Crossroads um, were written, you know. Uh, really you know with a long period in between them um, Crossroads I had actually worked on Crossroads for a number of years or I had kind of had the idea of it for a number of years and then when the anniversary of the Orangeburg Massacre came up and I was asked to you know play something um, I thought it would be you know kind of appropriate so I started to sort of work on it a little bit more ironically quick little plug um, uh, that song is also the title track of my new album which should be out maybe in a month or so you heard it first here 
<laughs> musical beats, belly of the right. beast. Yes. Right, right, right. So you uh, heard that, people? But, but, yes. So, so that's with regards to Crossroads. Now, um, Freedom was actually kind of written by Ranky Tanky as a whole. Actually, more so Kiana and a young man named Calvin Baxter and, and, and Clay Ross. Um, and uh, there is a certain saying in, um, in the Gullah community, usually in church, people would, people would say they raise up a song. And when you raise up a song, usually you're in church and, you know, whatever the spirit is moving you to sing at that moment, you just start singing it. And it's usually something that's pretty easy and pretty catchy, something that the rest of the congregation could do um, or jump on really quick. And so we were basically at a sound check and everybody's sort of just just sort of sitting around and waiting for the sound engineer to say, you know, okay, let me hear the trumpet or let me hear this vocal mic or let me hear the kick drum or let me hear the bass or whatever happens. And Kiana is sort of sitting on there and she's on her phone and something just bothered her at that moment. And she, she just started, you know, talking to herself. She's like, oh gosh, here we go. Lord, Lord, sometime I just need freedom. Oh gosh, just freedom from all of this. There's too much. Freedom, freedom. Oh, Lord, I just need some freedom. Oh, freedom. And about that same time, Calvin was playing some groove on the drums. Um, and just just to put it up, uh, just for a disclaimer, whenever Quentin um, cannot play with us, then Calvin plays, and Calvin is his nephew. Yeah, yeah, um, but Calvin is is really just uh, he's he's definitely like a fifth member, uh, a sixth member of the band. Um, he's yeah. So um, anyway, so he's playing this groove, and then Kevin jumps in and starts playing this bass line, and they're just going on, and and Kiana just sang freedom. She just sang the word freedom, freedom. Freedom, you know, just to do something to go along with what they were doing. It was very spontaneous. She kept saying that, and then I looked at Clay and I said, "Clay, play this chord over it, or play some sort of, you know, give me some sort of rhythm with with this particular chord, you know, over it." And so I started to harmonize with Kiana, and then I said, "Clay, sing this note." So now the three of us are harmonizing just on the word freedom. And that was the beginning of that song. And then I think between Kiana and Clay, they wrote the verses. But that's how that song was created. Totally in the spirit of the Gullah community of raising up a song. And it just so happens that that's a song that resonates extremely loud and clear with a large number of people in the world. Not just around here, not just black people. You know, this this everybody's got some sort of struggle within themselves, you know, to be freed from something. Um, 
you know, I was talking to a, a friend of mine and he said, you know, I want to be free from drinking Coca-Cola every day. You like know? a thing to release um, if you need if you're going through right. something just to release just to just free right. me just free me from it it could be something um racial of course mm-hmm. it could be something um with some sort of dependency on something um but it just it just resonates with everybody no matter where we have played and the majority of the time that's our opening song mm-hmm. um since we started performing it no matter where we've played it's like as soon as we finish that song it's like a ridiculously loud chaotic applause because like i said there's you know everybody has something that they can take away from that song everybody has something that they feel in that song everybody has something that they can relate to within their own selves with that song so and there's um, one thing in, in common that we all have in the world that we would love to be free of and it is the pandemic we would love oh, yeah. to be free <laughs> of the pandemic right. But yes, right. keep, I'm sorry I interrupted. But when you, you were going through the things that we need to be free of, I was in my head going, I would love to be free from this pandemic. So I had to oh, say yeah, that definitely. because that resonates with the whole wide world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure does. But yes, I mean, it, well, thank you for, you know, putting that together for me because I just thought that they... They, I, I make my own words up. They smelled well together. Yeah, you know? <laughs> if you pl- put yeah. crossroads and just, inst- I mean, just like a mix and just play them both together, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Because I did it back to back and I was like, yeah, you could play this together. You could really, and you feel the struggle of, you know, what we were going through then. But then you hear that now, here we are. And so, you know, it just resonated with me. And I just wanted to, you know, go more into that. But hold on, I have some more questions for you. So Uh since we're doing gala and we're we're talking about the heritage from the sea islands of, let's say, South Carolina, you know, Georgia and Florida, but particularly South Carolina, I'm going to ask you a question. And that question is, how many sea islands do we have in oh, Charleston God. County. Oh gosh, Charleston County. I don't know what the correct answer is, but I can tell you that in Charleston County, you've got, uh, let's see, there is Johns Island, there's James Island, there's Isle of Palms, there's Sullivan's Island, there's Capers Island, um, gosh, it goes up uh, and down. Um, you know what? I don't know if, yes, Edisto, no? Is Edisto yes. part of Charleston County? Yeah, Edisto Island. Um, those are, all, those are the immediate ones I could think of Charleston County. Okay, could you tell me what's in Beaufort County then? Well, Beaufort, gosh, you got stuff like Port Royal, and then you, you've got like, uh, um, gosh, what else is down there? In Port Royal, there's uh, St. Helena, there's, of course, it's Hilton Head, there's Defusky. Ding dong. Um, huh? No, I said ding dong, because I was sitting here going, say oh, Defusky, say Defusky. Oh, yeah, Defusky. I love talking about Defusky. Me too. I always... 
when I when I do the Fusky and and, and um, part of the show, I I sort of educate um, some uh, our audience because the majority of them don't know specifics or they 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 know of things but they don't know that Gullah is the root. Like for example, when I tell them that uh, that Kumbaya is probably the most widely known Gala song on the face of the earth. They're like, ah, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, or Michael wrote the boat ashore, you know, and then, um, or, or, you know, I ask how many of you all have seen Sweetgrass Baskets and they raise their hand and they're like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, you know, but when I talk about the Fusky, um, uh, I usually do that, uh, not so much anymore, but I, I break down the, the language because when people ask about um, the Gullah, you know, language, just the dialect, and I, I say, well, look at the Fusky, the Fusky Island, the Fusky, the Fusky. I know what you're about to say. I know what you're about to say. The Fusky Island there. There you go, girl. Because if I was from the island, that's how I pronounce it. I say I'm the Fusky. I'm from the Fusky. But we're saying the first key island that we landed. So I'm so glad that you went into that because that was (laughs) one of my next questions. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, yes, I'm so happy you went into that. But altogether, there are 34 islands between Charleston County and Beaufort County. We have 34 sea islands. Mm -hmm. That was me and you educating the world about Gullah. Yeah. And, and, um, And when I when I, you know, talk to the audiences and I tell them, you know, how many of you all know about, you know, uh, the, you know, wild dunes on the Isle of Palms or Hilton Head Island or St. Simon's Island or Defusky or uh, Jekyll Island or Amelia Island and all of these, all of these islands that are these, you know, Kiowa Island and Seabrook Island. Oh, those, those are two more from Charleston Chapel. Yeah. Um, but these uh, these islands that have these you know multi million dollar homes and and uh, are known for for that and golf courses and all of that stuff and I'm like hey don't get it twisted do not do not don't get it twisted it wasn't like that then you get into the whole gentrification uh, debate well not even a debate but. You get into all of that, you know, mm-hmm. which is something, uh, actually, it's the first line of uh, freedom. Take a home. Yeah, so there's something in there for everybody. Also, King um, Street. That everybody can make play. Charleston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We could have this conversation all day. But, oh, gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you one more question about the evolution of pop. Now, uh, it yeah. was inspired by I see the marvels of our time because I know that we're in that same age bracket so I know that Madonna and the King of Pop Michael Jackson and Prince and all those wonderful people are part of your evolution of pop and can you tell me why I have a feeling because it makes you move but tell me about your evolution of pop please alright so I'm going to tell you about that and then I got to double back around and explain something else Okay. Okay, the evolution of pop show that we did was designed basically to be a big sort of uh, party dance party sort of thing so all of the songs that we that we uh, performed 
if you look at the playlist, um, they're all songs that are up-tempo. I mean, we started off with Let's Groove by Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I and actually, we did it in chronological order. So we started at, uh, that was like, let's see, Let's Groove came out in like 78, maybe, or 79, 77, somewhere around there. And then we did, um, we did Don't Stop Till You Get Enough, which is like 80 or 81 or 79. Then we did Cool by the Time, which is 81 or 82. Uh, we did 1999 by Prince, you know, we did, um, you know, we just kept it going in chronological order um, just to show, you know, the evolution, you know, and all of these great songs and how they've, they've come about. Now, that show was, um, was something that um, was suggested uh, from uh, Charles Carmody, who's the guy that, you know, runs the Charleston Music Hall. And the same one that was like, you know, we're going to go to the top of this garage, middle of the room, and we're going to blast some horn, you know. Um, and so that band that I that I use for that is sort of a party band. I mean, there's, there's, there's 12, 13 of us. We've got, you know, drums, bass, guitar. Uh, we've got three keyboardists. We've got... Uh, two saxophonists we've got three background singers um and we can cover just about anything and that band actually started playing together as a tribute to prince when prince passed in 2016 we we uh we did this show and prince passed in april in june we did this show honoring him and it was a sell complete sold out of the charleston music hall which is uh just under 900 people so it was jam-packed the show was so successful that the city of charleston asked us if we would consider doing a reprise of that show for the moja art festival which happens in october so i was like sure let's do it so we did it and we got great results again sold out show and the city of charleston came back and they said hey it worked, you know, last time. Would you consider doing a show for Piccolo Spoleto? And I said, sure. So then we did the music of Michael Jackson, I think. And then that show was successful and the city came back to us <laughs> and said, hey, would you be up for doing another show for Moja? So we did uh, the music of Stevie Wonder. And so then it became a thing that we would perform like two times a year and it would be a collaboration with the city of Charleston Office of Cultural Affairs and the Charleston Music Hall. And uh, like I said, we did Prince, we did Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, Whitney Houston, uh, we did Earth, Wind and & Fire. And uh, then we decided that we were going to do uh, um, different years. So we did uh, music of the 80s, we did music of the 90s. Um, we did a Christmas show. Uh, and so this last one was sort of, like I said, more of a dance party, but we did all of these hits. And it went all the way from Earth, Wind, and Fire all the way up to Bruno Mars. We were doing, uh, you know, Bruno Mars, we were doing uh, Katy Perry, we were doing just all kinds of stuff. And, um, We've just been very fortunate um, in Charleston, and that's historical, really, about the musicians that are from here and how they can just play just about any style of music and do it well. 
And um, one of the things that I do, in addition to being a professional musician, performing musician, is that I go out to schools and I talk with students about music in, you know, the state of South Carolina and just how much of a rich history we have. And when I tell these students some of these these artists that have come from, you know, their state, um, you know, they're just like in awe because the majority of the time they think that every everybody comes from Atlanta or New York or Chicago or L.A. or something like that. And, you know, I start telling them about, you know, these people that are born here in, in, in South Carolina, um, not even even more so than just being a musician, you know, just just some of these entertainers that they know of. You know, they're like just in awe about their state. So um, I enjoy that as well. Um, I'm doing that. But the Evolution show was really good. We had a good time. Well, I mean, it sounds very exciting. And, and speaking of love teaching and talking out and reaching to this, out to the students, we would mm -hmm. love to have you come to Claflin University and also South Carolina State University. Of course, you're going to your alma mater, but we would love to have you there because, like you said, there are artists here, right here in South Carolina that have Grammy nominations, that have won Grammys. Not only you, Charlton Singleton, mm -hmm. but we also have Mr. Willie Bradley as well, who is a trumpeteer. Yep. And he uh -huh. is an adjunct right here at South Carolina State. So like you yep. said, you don't have to come from a land from afar. You can be right here, homegrown and bred in the state of South Carolina. So yep. I am just so happy that you took the time to talk to me, the musical beast, the belly of the beast podcast belly tonight. Belly of the beast, yes. Yes, because, you know, I'm, I like to influence the whole thing. And... If you're liking this show and this podcast, please subscribe, listen, because we're out there, the Belly of the Beast podcast. And tonight, we would love to thank you, Mr. Charlton Singleton, also known as, oh, Mr. Belvedere. Did I get it correct? <laughs> Did I get it correct? But also, Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> But we want to thank you so much for coming on tonight, and we would love to get you here in person. Maybe you could do a little concert for the Orangeburg surrounding the areas, get us in the grown and sexy mood. So, therefore, we will be adulting with you soon. But tonight, hey, do you let's have plan any? It. I'm all about it. Let's, all about we, it. We're going to plan it, trust me. But do you have any last words for those? people that you could put your influence on into the music world to keep on going harder and pushing harder and letting them oh, know what definitely. is necessary. Yeah, um, just what you just said. Keep going, keep pushing. Um, follow through on things. Um, you know, it's it's uh, interesting that, um, that you had uh, Willie Bradley on the podcast and I listened to it and Willie has been a friend of mine. Willie, basically, I met him when I was a freshman at South Carolina State University, and he had come back to school to finish his degree. And he just, uh, since literally since day one that I met him, he has always been uh, sort of a mentor to me and has always uh, told me that I should, like you just said, push forward. 
Uh, he always gets on my case if I don't follow through with something fast enough for him. And fast enough for Willie means if I tell you to do something, then 10 minutes later, I'm going to check to see if you started it or not. And literally, he would do that. And 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 it's actually because of Willie that um, my solo career in the smooth jazz uh, genre is starting to pick up. Just because Willie was, you know getting on my case about following through and pushing forward and and asking questions and following through with people and those are all of the things that you really want to do in order to be successful and we've all seen his success and you know so i'm just looking at everything he does as a matter of fact uh just yesterday i reached out to him via text and said i need to talk to you and he just as always he said just give me a call i'm right here and that's the type of people that that are movers and shakers and those are the type of people that you get advice from and those are the type of people that are always going to be in your corner and having those people um you will definitely find success in your life if you have people around you like that so always push forward everybody out there push forward go for it don't wait till tomorrow go for it now and you heard it from the man himself. All you procrastinators out there, do not procrastinate. <laughs> Push forward to keep going and moving on. And as we are going to tonight, thank you for coming into the Belly of the Beast podcast, hosted by yours truly, P Squared. Thank you and have a good night.